Welcome. I'm Pastor John, and you're listening to the Still Meadow Church of the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. Still Meadow Church of the Nazarene is a Bible-believing church located in York, Pennsylvania. Please be sure to check out our webpage, www.stillnaz.com, for ways to connect, watch, request prayer, and to give. This series is titled, In the Waiting, Trusting God in the Middle Moments. Each story from Genesis, we will explore an invitation to trust God in the middle of our own waiting times, to believe that He is always up to something good. Now to the sermon. Here's our lead pastor, Pastor Josh Kleinfeld. As we come to the text, we're in Genesis 21, verses 8 through 21. We're actually in a text that um, does not show Father Abraham in the best light. Um, what we're about to read is a bit of a mess. The mess is a result of a mistake that Abraham and Sarah made back in Genesis 16. But here's the gospel that I want us to hear. Gospel means good news. In Genesis 21, we um, see the truth that comes throughout all scripture, that God takes our mess and does something good with it. We also see in this text that when we make a mistake and there is a mess, No person is ever a mistake. The actions of people may be mistakes, but no human being is ever a mistake. No person is ever an error. Let me say that again. No human being, no child, is ever a mistake. Let that slide into your heart. Let that settle in your soul. Let that blanket your imagination. No one is ever a mistake. People make mistakes, and those mistakes hurt. And everyone in this room and everyone in this world has been hurt by a mistake that someone else has made at some point in our lives. Some of you listening have deep wounds caused by the mess and mistake of others. And what hurts my heart is that some of you believe you deserve it. Some of you have adopted the belief that you yourself are the mistake. Some of you are immobilized by that belief stuck in the rut of believing that your worth is defined by what has happened to you. Today's text invites us, invites you to reconsider that. Abraham and Sarah made some mistakes and they cast Hagar out, her son out of their house. But guess what? God showed up. In the middle of the waiting, God shows up for Hagar. I want us to see this. 
in the middle of, the, of her wandering in the wilderness, God shows up. And so my hope for us as we read this is that we will find ourselves in the story and receive God's grace in the way that Hagar received God's grace. As God heard her in her moment of grief, that we would allow God to hear us and that we would receive God's provision as Hagar received it. And then as good Christians that we would not just receive the grace, but that we would extend the grace to others. Any love given to us by God is not meant for us to keep to ourselves. As a matter of fact, the more we accept God's love, the more we have to give it away. The more we receive his grace, we're like, I can't keep this to myself. And now I'm getting ahead of myself. So let's read Genesis 21, 8 through 21. If you would read for the, or if you would stand for the reading of God's word. This is Genesis chapter 21, verses 8 through 21. The child, that's Isaac, who we heard about last week, he grew and he was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had born to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, don't be so distressed about the boy and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. But I, I will make the son of the slave into a nation also, because he is your child. He is your offspring. So early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, that's a, like a canteen, when it was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. And then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away, for she thought, I can't watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. God heard. God heard. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what's the matter, Hagar? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up. Take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. And while he was living in the desert of Paran, his, his mother got a wife for him from Egypt. This is the word of God for us today. Can somebody say, thanks be to God. You may be seated. Heavenly Father, we come to this text recognizing that um, the people that you have called don't always get it right. But you do. We, rec we come to this text and we recognize that you show your faithfulness right here. You made some promises to Abraham that were coming true. Even though he disregarded some of your commands to him, you stayed faithful. 
as we come to this text, would you, would you comfort us? As we come to this text, would your Holy Spirit correct us? As we come to this as your church, your body of believers, people who want to be set apart for your work, would you use it to inform the way we see the world and the way that we act in the world? God, the reason we come together is to remember that we are one in you. Would you use this text to unify us as your community in your mission of bringing your grace to this world? I pray for open hearts. I pray for minds that will be receptive to what you have to say, the comfort you have to offer, the direction you have to give. We need you. We need you. Amen. Today, we're picking up the text right where we left off last week. Sarah had had her long-awaited child, Isaac. Does anybody remember what Isaac means? Ha-ha! Yes, good. Somebody was listening. So ha-ha was born. Laughter is in the house. And when laughter was weaned, meaning he was no longer nursing, in, in that time you would throw a, a huge party um, when your child reached that point. It's like, yay! But when laughter was weaned, his half-brother, Ishmael, which by the way means God hears, was laughing at the party. And Sarah won't have it. Sarah, right here, is an example of what we call emotional immaturity. She lacks the endurance that comes with patience. You see it, right? She, she lacks forgiveness that comes from grace. And in her lack of patience, we already saw in Genesis 16, like she was waiting for this child that was never showing up. And so she goes to Abram and she says, let's try another way. Why don't you take Hagar and allow her to be um, the mother and then I'll raise the child. Like she tried to like, she tried to change God's plan. She wasn't patient. And then when Hagar got pregnant, oh man, Things got tense between her and Sarah. And it says that Sarah actually mistreated Hagar as she was pregnant so badly that Hagar ran away from her into the wilderness. And in the wilderness, in Genesis 16, God shows up to Hagar and says, no, 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 it's going to be okay. Go back to Sarah. I'm going to take care of you. And at that point, she actually, um, then God says, I want you to name this child who will be born to you Ishmael, which means God hears. And now in our story today, Sarah can't stand the fact that Ishmael, God hears, is laughing at the party and goes to Abe and says, Ishmael and his Egyptian mom have got to go. They've got to be getting rid of. They've got to be cast away. You see the result of Sarah's emotional immaturity, right? It, it's, it's abuse. Hagar did not deserve this treatment that she received. 
She and Ishmael have been cast out. They're put aside and left to wander in the wilderness. And in their wandering, in the middle, it looks like they're going to die. This is where God reminds us that even when we've been cast out, he never forgets us. Even when we have been discarded by others, he never sees us as trash. Even when we have been abused, God's blessing is for us. And so Hagar weeps, and God hears. Ishmael weeps, and God hears. Do you see the miracle here? Hagar weeps, and God hears her. She's been cast out. She's weeping. She's sobbing, and God hears. And Ishmael weeps, ready to die, and God hears. The people weep, and God hears. The abused child weeps. God hears. The forgotten spouse weeps, and God hears. The rejected friend weeps, and God hears. The the cancer patient weeps, and God hears. The addict weeps, God hears. One of the most important gifts that we have as Christians is this practice that we call lament. Lament is naming the pain of our situation. It's the recognition of our limits and the depth of our agony. It's not whining about our situation. It's feeling the weight, smelling the stink, tasting the bitterness, and then trusting God with it. True healing. You want true healing in your personal life? You want true healing in your family? We want true healing in our nation? It comes with addressing the pain, naming the wound of our souls. You can't heal what you don't name. You can't receive God's grace if you're, just, if you're trying to ignore the source of your pain. And so the, this text then invites us to ask this question, where have I been cast out? How have I been mistreated? When have I been set aside as trash? What has happened to me that's made me wonder if I'm worth anything? I believe that if we are going to be the people God is calling us to be, if we are going to fully surrender our lives, we surrender all of our wounds. We surrender all of our pain. And as we receive God's grace in our wounds and in our pain, he then transforms us to be the people we need to be in this world. And so I think it's important for us at this point in the text to hit pause and to answer those questions for ourselves. Where have I felt tossed aside, mistreated, treated as worthless? Some of you might um, say, well, that's in the past. Like, I don't want to bring that up. (laughs) I don't need to deal with that. Well, here's the deal. It may have happened in the past, but the past has a strange way of coming back and dealing with us in the present if we don't allow God to deal with us in it. 
To lament is to push the pain to the surface so that it doesn't control our lives. And you might say, well, it's not really that big of a deal. Like, other people have had it way worse than me. And I'd say this, your wound, your pain matters. It matters to God. God has healing for you in every wound you've received. And so what I'd like to do is just hit pause in our service. And I, and I want you to, in the, it's, we're not actually hitting pause, this is part of our service. So hit pause on the, um, the rest of this text. And I want us to sit and see ourselves as Hagar needing God to hear us. If you want where you're sitting, you can open your hands like this. If you want, you can use your seats as an altar. Um, but I want you in this moment to say, this has happened to me, God, and I need your healing. And you might be like, listen, I've already received healing for that pain. And then take this moment and be like, thank you, God, for healing me in that. But some of you have come in and you have a wound that wraps itself around your life and filters everything that you do. And God wants to set you free so that what wraps itself around your life and filters everything you do is his comfort, his grace, his love. So in this moment, go ahead and close your eyes. Take a, take a deep breath and breathe in God's grace and peace for yourself. And just share with him one or two, or whatever comes to mind about hurt that you've received. God, as these memories are coming up for people, I want to thank you that you are the God who heals damaged emotions. You're the God who restores our souls. You're the God who walks with us through the valley. You are the God who cleanses us, who strengthens our feeble knees. My brother that has been rejecting your comfort, trying to like be strong enough, I pray that he would see that it's strength and weakness, admitting his need for you, receiving your power and your grace. For my sister that has just pushed off healing and just, you know, I can, I, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. God, for her to hear your voice, to say, I love you. You're not what has happened to you. For us as a, as a church, would you help us be a, a people that center ourselves on your healing? that we give you every part of our present, every part of our past, and every part of our future, that you would use all of it for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God heard. Verse 17, the angel of God then calls to Hagar from heaven and says to her, what's the matter? 
Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift him up, take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. So he speaks this word of comfort. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And then he opens her eyes. I was looking at this text with um, Raphael Paul this week, and he was like, this is literally an eye-opening experience. I was like, ha-ha, that's funny. A dad joke worth telling on Father's Day. So um, we laughed. You might not have. Um, But this is what God does. God doesn't halfway help like Abraham did in this moment. He just gave Hagar some water and some food and no map, just go. No, God shows up with a full way help. He sees the problem and then he opens her eyes, right? God is this kind of dependable. He provides what she needs in this moment. Next week, we're going to look more at what it means that God provides. But today, let's think about this. When we come to God, when we allow him to hear us, and when we give him our lives, he opens our eyes to see the world the way he does. Second Corinthians chapter five is where Paul is talking about how we have received this ministry of reconciliation. And before he talks about that, he says, at one point we used to look at others with the worldly point of view, but now we don't. Now we realize that in Christ there is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. So we can't see anyone the way we used to. Now we see them through the love of Jesus Christ. And two verses before that, it says, the love of Christ compels us. When we give our life to Christ, we no longer see people as um, just people. We see them as people that Christ died for, that he was willing to give his life for, that he was willing to go to hell for, that he rose from the dead for. When we see people, we realize that what God has for them is love and nothing but love. And then we're like, how can I be a part of that? Right? When Jesus was talking to his disciples in Matthew chapter 10, um, there's, he's like sending them out to do his work, to spread his word. And he's starting to, he says, hey, listen, you're going to go and people are not going to like you. They're going to resist the message. Um, but here's the deal. I don't want you to be afraid. He says in that text, don't be afraid. Three times, the same word that God said to Hagar right here, don't be afraid. And then he's like, listen, think about the birds. They're really cheap, those sparrows, but not one of them falls to the ground without God's care. And you, you're worth more than many sparrows and God cares for you. Listen, when we accept God's love and grace into our lives, when we open our mind to to who he is, we realize we've got everything we need. It's an eye-opening experience. We can't unsee it. So what do we do with this text? What do we do with the truths that we're seeing here? What do we do with how God responds to Hagar? If we are made in the image of God... If Jesus shows us the full extent of God's love, what are we to do with what we see God doing right here? I think three things. We're invited to, one, weep with the weeping, right? Number two, we're invited to never label anyone as a mistake. And number three, we're invited to, when we see a need, to do something about it. 
Let's, let's look at this. In weep with the weeping. In Romans, um, Paul is instructing the disciples at the end, of the people in Rome, and he says, listen, we weep with the weeping and we rejoice with the rejoicing. God met Hagar in her weeping. He heard her cry. When one of our fellow human beings is grieving, it's a part of our Christian task to feel the weight of their pain. We don't have to understand it, but we're called to sit with them in it. This is uncomfortable, but holy work. Dads, this is, this is our day, right, as fathers? I think one of the greatest opportunities we have as dads is to weep with our children, to model for them what compassionate grief looks like. When our child comes to us with tears in our eyes, not to say, don't cry, or what's the matter with you? That's nothing to cry about. No, no, no. To join them, sit beside them, be with them. To ask or to say, that must be so hard, or what's the matter? Weep with the weeping. Number two, don't label anyone as a mistake. The job of our enemy, Satan, is to lie. That's like number one on his, on his mission in this world is to deceive us. It's also to divide us. It's also to distract us. But as Christians, we must make sure that these lips never reinforce a lie that Satan is telling others. So we must make sure that the words that come out of our mouths are pleasing to him and honoring to others at all times. Fathers, again, one of our great opportunities is to steadily remind our children of their significance, to remind them that they are worthy, that they are loved, that they're incredible, to, to lift them up, to name the gifts that we see in them. It's really easy when a child, or anyone really for that matter, annoys us for, to say things like, you always, I heard this last night in the parking lot, just shame gushing out of this father's mouth in front of all these people because a child had forgotten something. Now we got to, and other, other words that were just like, wait, you know your daughter is a human, right? You know she's significant, Right? Our children hear what we say. And so we must be careful, even when we're talking about others, when we talk about people who might be different than us or might think different than us, do we have words that categorize them, that might demean them? Our children repeat what they hear. And so this is an invitation. No, no, no. No one is a mistake. No one. God has a blessing for all people. I think that's really incredible, and it's our job to be a people of blessing. Finally, when we see a need, do something about it. James, in James, we hear that faith without deeds is what? Dead. God saw a need. He opened her eyes. Look, there's a well. And he gave her a promise. He gave her his voice. He gave her his presence. 
The result of faith in Christ is acts of love for others. Yes, when we put our trust and faith in Christ, we get this incredible eternal life with him. But part of that eternal life is giving life and love to others today. As God showed up to Hagar, as God showed up to you and your grief, God invites you and me to show up for others. You may feel like you have nothing to offer, feeling maybe like Hagar in the middle of this story. She's just at the end. But here's the cool thing. When you connect with the living Christ, he will open your eyes, and then it's your responsibility to follow where he leads, to help those that he puts in your path to extend grace and love to whoever he brings into your neighborhood and into your life. Dads, one of the greatest tasks that you have is to serve with your kids. Bless your neighbors with your kids. Let your kids catch you doing something good for others. Don't be like, I'm taking a picture so I can show my kid later. Um, but like, you know what I mean? Like, let helping others be so natural to your life that your kids, when they describe you at your funeral, talk about, my dad was always helping others. I think when we come to this text, it's also an invitation to do a little heart check. Have we been pushing off other people's grief? Have we been using names to label people as mistakes or less than or dehumanizing them? Have we been walking past needs rather than meeting them? Anytime we see that, it's an invitation that God is giving us to say, turn around, repent, turn to me and walk with me. Be like me. And by the grace of the Holy Spirit, you can. So let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you are the God who hears us. You are the God who saw Hagar and Ishmael. You are the God who met their needs. And you're calling us as your church to be like that in this world. First, to our immediate family, and then our neighborhood, and then this church, and then with this church to our community. God, we are sorry for the times where we have um, just pushed off other people's grief. It's not my problem. I didn't cause it. God, we're sorry for that kind of attitude. Help us be attentive to the pain of others so that we can point them to your comfort and your grace. God, we're sorry for the times that we have used words or actions that demean or dehumanize other people in the same way that um, you blessed Ishmael Um, I believe you're calling us to bless all people. Help us. God, um, help us when we see a need. By your grace, do something about it. You are the God who hears. You are the God who hears. Help us be the people who hear. You are the God who provides. Help us be people who join you in providing. You're good. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Still Meadow Sermon Podcast. 
Again, please click over to our website, www.stillnaz.com. If you have a prayer request, you can go directly to stillnaz.com prayer. If you want to connect with people at Still Meadow, go to stillnaz.com connect. If you want to support Still Meadow Church of the Nazarene financially, go to stillnaz.com give. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be here again next week.